0: Welcome everyone to Decide to Transform and two very special episodes today with executive contributor and master spiritual teacher, GP Walsh. GP joins us. Every month, for not one but two shows here on Decide to Transform. And I'm excited for what we've got in store for you today. We're going to start off today talking about GP's own creation and course, the four amazing powers of creation. In fact, your four amazing powers of creation. And this is something that is going on right now, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the origins of it and what this actually looks like in your lifetime. So, GP, welcome again. Thank you for joining me. Hey, Tomás. It's so good to be here. I look forward to this every month. These are a lot of fun, and yeah, guys are. out there yeah. listening, they are fun. There are no rules here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if it appears there's structure, then, well, we've it's an done illusion. A- It is. It's completely illusory because we have literally just sat down and started talking and cool things have come up. Yep. Very cool. But today with a little bit of structure, the the four amazing powers of creation. So GP, tell us a little bit about what this is and and what it involves here.
1: Well, for the longest time ever since I've you know, been studying spirituality, which is, well, sometime this summer it'll be 50 years. 50 years ago I had that spiritual experience that kind of shifted everything for me. And what shifted was perception. And um, one of the things, one of the key elements of spiritual inquiry is coming to terms with what is real and what is your perception. Because we are bounded by our perception, mm-hmm. we don't experience reality; we experience perception. Now, that that the phrase that's become very popular, "you create your reality," um, is is uh, it, it's really quite a misnomer. It's misleading, and it keeps people from discovering what the truth is. Because the reality is what's true; it's what is, right? And that's not something that just kind of you know is 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 not subject to whim, <laughs> yeah. right? You don't create two plus two equals four; it just does, right? And and so we want to harmonize with reality, but our experience is completely driven by our perception. So what creates perception is of utter importance if you're going to be on the spiritual path. It's, it's important, you know, if it's a personal development path, people learn that my reaction to, to things is what creates my sense of suffering or well-being, mm-hmm. and not necessarily the thing itself. Just seeing that is such is so liberating, right? because otherwise I'm a slave to circumstance. I'm forever trying to control circumstances. But if I realize it's not so much the thing that happened, but my reaction to the thing that happened, all of a sudden i'm i'm walking in a completely different territory and i've just n- noticed probably over the last 20 or 30 years it's really it's really kind of uh, uh, grown in understanding is even here are people talking about well that your story about things um, but people don't realize exactly how deeply that runs that it literally is your perception that creates your experience. You can't experience anything outside of your perception. So I, I had to I, I had to find a way of breaking down what um, what actually constitutes perception. What makes the world you're looking at. Right? We think we're looking at the world as it is, and in fact we're only looking at our perception of it. You, 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 <laughs> the world as it is, I mean, first off, <clears throat> I mean, the, all the information we have is what we've garnered from our, through our senses, which experience in, an infinitesimal fraction of the total amount of, of information that is surrounding us at all times. Yeah. With our scientific instruments, we've begun to expand the realm of that realm of what we can what we can experience the information we can take in but even those instruments are always reducing more subtle energies and the like down to within the framework of these five senses right and so these five senses then dictate and they they start with a fraction of reality right (laughs) so we're starting with a tidbit right and we're trying to determine the nature of the universe based on this tidbit it's like you know and biblical scholars they you know talk about the, you know the translation and what the, and people argue about the bible said and you realize that it's been extrapolated or extrapolated out of fragments these tiny little fragments yeah. the vast majority of which is missing but through <laughs> the study of archaeology and all these different things they've been able to piece together what they believe Was being said, yeah, right. So it's like, what was actually said, nobody knows, right? We have we have some clues, at best. And and then when you add on top of it, that, as I love to point this out, um, the the human nervous system, which is receiving a fraction of the total amount of information, receives about sixty billion bits of information a second it is a constant flow of information right? now your cognitive mind the part we are so proud of
0: <laughs> it <laughs> yes. can
1: process 60 bits of information a second mm-hmm. which means that if all the information your body is actually receiving hit your cognitive mind there would just be a mass of brains all over the wall. You you could not handle it. So where does the other fifty nine billion nine hundred ninety nine million nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred forty bits go? Right. There, and the whole nervous system has layer upon layer upon layer about filters and stuff. I mean, at the lowest level, it's like, is it dangerous?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Boom. It just takes you. You won't even. You won't even see it. Your body is running before you're aware, even aware that the danger is, oh, yeah. is there. You're you're yeah. the last to know. <laughs> in, oh yes. In in that particular circumstance. So, if if we can just start with the healthy notion that what I think the world is, it isn't. Mm-hmm. I'm really off to a great start, as you know. I've been mean, studying Buddhism. That's the great doubt. Yeah. It's like yep. I don't really know, right? I have I don't have a clue, really. I've got a tiny little bit of information, and this cognitive part is pretty amazing that it can extrapolate and abstract and come up with, you know, what's a workable model anyway, right? But is is it reality? Absolutely not. So understanding the nature of perception itself is, to me, is just essential to a genuine self-inquiry, to gen- inquiring into any heart that really wants to know what reality is, know the truth, um, has got to confront this. And I say that all about all the information I like, because from that point of view, knowing what reality is, is impossible. But there's another aspect of this as a that I've discovered that the spiritual aspect of it is that it is possible, but not through that mechanism.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll say some more about that. It's possible, but not through that mechanism. Yeah. Yes. Um we to take a look at
1: how what uh, I love doing this show because I'm allowed to speak it on this level.
0: <laughs> you most certainly are. And we love it.
1: Thank you. It's yeah. it's so it's so gratifying. Um, human knowledge is based on basically drawing generalizations and conclusions based on what information that it has. And human knowledge has evolved over over time, but it, it, it's basically been it, it's it was kind of codified by the Greeks into what's called classical analysis right which is what our scientific method is
0: yeah
1: and that is you you know something by deconstructing it into its most fundamental parts and and out of those fundamental parts you put it back together you know what the thing is mm-hmm. and so for the last 3000 years that's been the model by which we've assumed things to be and looking at that you you re- you have to be confronted by the incredible weakness and the, and the incredible limitations of perception. Which is what we you know just illustrated. I mean, a fraction. Right. You know, our, our, our minds are capable of dealing with but a fraction of what's actually happening. Which, which would mean, from the point of view of the mind, the best it can do is build some useful models that we can ag- all agree on, right? Yeah. Like stopping at a red light. It's a good idea.
0: It's, it's beautiful. It's exactly. great.
1: There, but, you know, there's nothing... That says red means stop. We decided that's what it's going to mean. We agreed on it as a convention. Um, it helps us keep from <laughs> ramming into each other. Um, and so, yeah, we all say, "Okay, we're going to do that." You know, we don't go around killing each other and, and, and stuff like. We've made some agreements, right? Um, but they're not truth. They're right. useful conventions. And, and yeah. so that's, that's, as, that's as good as we've gotten about understanding the atu- actual nature of things. Now, there's a, a, an amazing phenomenon that there's a completely different approach mm-hmm. to knowledge that is not classical analysis. It, it is not the subject-object relationship. It is not deconstructionist.
0: Right. Right
1: it is not and it is not objective right it's not it's not the scientific model at all and it's been around in india for 10000 years and it's called advaita vedanta and it's, it goes all the way back to the vedas and 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 it starts from a completely different premise and that premise is that consciousness mm-hmm. that which is conscious of things is the origin of things mm-hmm scientific model consciousness is a result of some material processes they refer to it as an emergent property emergent property of the complexity of matter in other words you know, i don't have a clue you know somehow yeah. out of this massive stuff came they thought I, a self awareness sentience inexplicable right because there's no structure for, they can identify no structure they assume there's an obst- a structure somewhere up there mm-hmm. right but nobody's been able to identify it, and you know, you, okay, we find this fleshy little thing. Is it the whole thing? Is it a part of it? Do we take a little off, see if it's still there. And I, I mean, when whenever you're looking at something structurally, right? You, you're you're in the realm of deconstruct. You're breaking it down to find out. Okay, where's the conscious part? <laughs> yeah, right.
0: you know, my yes. eye
1: isn't seeing. My eye's collecting light. Yeah. I'm seeing. That point of cognition is not the ear, it's not the skin, it's, you know, the, the, the skin doesn't feel in the sense of recognizing I've been touched, right? It's simply collecting uh, uh, sensory impulses, right? Something else is there, right? Now, now what is that something else? So, the, to me, the, the nature of reality is what is the nature of consciousness? Because without knowing that, mm-hmm. I can't know anything else. And I can assume that, well, it's just kind of a structure of matter, which is very nihilistic, right? right? I mean, it, it, I mean, yes. it, it means life <laughs> has no meaning, right? You know, get used to it, kid. You're, you're born, you're going to hate your life, and then you die.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Have a nice day.
0: I've heard that. Without the "have a nice day" part. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. Well, at the moment it happens, it doesn't matter if somebody says it, you know. And it's kind of <laughs> true enough because <laughs> you're not there to hear it. Mm. And, and so we begin to look at knowledge in a different way. And the uh, Sanskrit even has a different word for it. Uh, it's it's jnana, j n a n a. It's regarded as one of the paths of yoga. It's the path of knowledge. The path of true knowledge. Um. So it's a long-winded way of getting to, the, to, to, the, uh, to the, the point of it, and that is how do you know yourself when you can't stand apart from yourself and study yourself like you're some kind of an object? Right, yes. Yeah. Uh, everything else I, in the universe, I can do that. You know, I can take it apart, I can weigh it, I can measure it, I can categorize mm-hmm. it, I can associate it, I can compare it to other things, I can do all sorts of, with everything else in the universe, I can't do that to me. So somebody else might do that and then tell them, okay, this is what you are. But then that's secondary information. It's like, it's hearsay. Yes. An interesting little exercise anybody can do is just, if I ask you to picture yourself, just bring up in your mind a picture of yourself. And everybody will bring up some kind of a picture of them, their face, you know, depending, maybe, maybe five feet away, maybe a little bit more close up. But usually it's, you know, it's just mostly the face and a little bit of the body, right? Mm-hmm. right. And, and then I make a very interesting observation. It, it, that image, when I said picture yourself, you brought up this picture. But that picture, looking at your face, you have never seen. Never in your entire life pictures, you know, a photograph, a a video, an image in the mirror. But directly, you've never seen the face you believe is you. What do you look like from a distance of zero? That is, bring it back here, turn around again. Mm -hmm. And what do you look like from here? Where you can't see yourself, okay. yeah, and suddenly you realize that sub, that objective knowledge, the scientific, mo- the scientific pr- uh, pr- method, is of absolutely no use to you in knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. That's why the Sanskrit word for Advaita Vedanta, Vedanta, means the end of knowledge, and that's what it's referring to—not ignorance, but external knowledge is not relevant on the spiritual path right yes Mm -hmm. and so now we but we're so used to thinking of ourselves in those terms and because we think of those things things in those terms and i'm about to tie this all together (laughs) right we end up experiencing the world through this perception and this perception is uh is well, let me say what the powers actually are. First being the focus of attention, where your attention goes. Mm-hmm. Right? You, you, because, because the cognitive part can only take in so much, it has to kind of filter a lot of stuff, stuff out and decide where attention is going to go. Yeah. Right? And there's criteria by which that. So wherever your attention goes, and everybody's had that experience. Of you get so into something, somebody can talk to you and you don't hear them. Right, you become so absorbed in something, you know, you, you can forget to eat. Right, <laughs> well, yes. In, you know, in in a lot of very positively, you know, the you know, the person playing improvisational music, the sports figure who's in the zone, they're in that place. They don't hear the crowd. You know, they can be in a stadium with sixty thousand people. They don't hear those sixty thousand people. Mm-hmm. They are so here. They are so focused that it's just Uh, that that all of this has been completely filtered out as far as they're concerned it doesn't exist Mm -hmm. this is all there is me and that ball (laughs) right that's 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 the the entire world that's the power of attention right yeah and you can see the predicament we're in when we're in a world like this where everything is trying to grab a hold of your attention Yes. Endless distractions and stuff, because everybody wants your mind share, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: right? So we've kind of, which is a problem we can get to that later. So notice that the first thing is that focus of attention. Now, the next question is, well, then what? what is it that dictates where that focus of attention goes? Because that's going to determine that the entirety of your experience. That focus, of, there's nothing outside of it. So, for all intents and purpose, that is your quote unquote reality. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <it is. laughs> Me and that ball, no crowd, mm-hmm. that's reality, right? That's our, your, your experience. Now, it isn't reality. Reality would have to be the sum total the crowd, the ball, the, the wind, and everything. But you're not, uh, you're completely oblivious to all of that. Right. So, what dictates that attention then? Because clearly, my, my entire experience is that attention. Well, what dictates that attention is belief, what you believe to be true. It is our beliefs that determine what gets filtered out and what gets amplified, what we, what we invest our attention into and what we don't. Because obviously we can't invest it in everything. right? Right. We've got 60, almost 60 billion bits that have to be filtered out. Somehow they've got to get filtered out. The mechanism by which they're filtered out is primarily simply the basic mechanism, the basic functioning of the nervous system to stay safe, look for some, you know, get fed, get, you know, get a mate, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, basic, very basic stuff. Uh, Advertisers know that too, which is why the number one theme in advertising, the, the two number one themes in advertising are sex and death, because it always cuts through they know that that's so fundamental in the nervous system that they will immediately get mindshare. It's horribly manipulative,
0: but that's the way it works. Uh, yes. Right? yes, it they've, is.
1: They've got us. They've got us
0: pegged. <laughs> that's a nice way of putting it. They've got us pegged. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so our beliefs are going to are going to determine what gets filtered out and what isn't. Right. I remember. Um, just, uh, just to kind of drive this home, and people can try this for themselves. I'd heard that we get something like 3,000, 4,000 commercial messages a day.
0: Oh, wow. Delivered to us. Okay.
1: During the waking hours, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it's not even 24 hours. And mm. I said, okay, I want to put that to the test. And I consciously decided that I was going to look, I was going to open up my perception so that I could see every commercial message that was being that was being sent to me. Now remember the nervous system is picking it up. It's just not all of it's getting to the cognitive part. So I said, okay, I want to be cognizant of it. Well I live in New York lived in New York City at the time, and yet there's a lot of concentration there. What's a good place to put in the test. Sure. Oh
0: yeah.
1: Right? And so I had to walk three blocks to the to the uh to this uh, to this little store that I went to for groceries. Uh, the kind of uh, the, the longer blocks, but it's three blocks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in the store when I thought I was going I decided I was going I'd heard that and I was in the store I got all my stuff and I was like, I'm, I'm gonna try this out. I'm gonna see what happens. And I consciously started looking and wanting to see all the, all the commercial messages. By the time I'd gotten home, three blocks, I'd counted a hundred of them. Oh. I went, what? Mm. <laughs> as, as the numbers kept piling up, I'm going, oh sh- oh, there's another oh, there's another oh my God, there's another there's another. All I'd done was just given my nervous system permission to let the information in. And so oh, okay. And it let it, and it let it in. Yeah. And you know, you know, they they they've bumped into this kind of thing in the law of attraction and all that you know that you know the reticular activating system and and stuff like that you know you're not going to see opportunities and that sort of stuff um which is which is fine but but there's a whole lot more to it than than that sure and so it, it is your, it is what you believe to be true that determines where your attention goes, which determines your entire experience. You cannot experience anything that is outside of your beliefs.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> I That's, mean, yeah.
1: it's, it's really stunning. It is. It's stunning to realize that your belief is actually shaping what you, what you call reality. hmm. That's your second power of creation, right? Because it's driving the focus of attention. Because the focus of attention is like a dog. It goes wherever you tell it, Mm -hmm. right? It's like the pointer, right? It just points, right? Sure, yes. Something has to tell it to do it. It's not self-motivated. But guess what? Beliefs aren't self-motivated anyway. Most of them, all of them are installed in us in the beginning. Yeah. Later on, we can exercise a little bit of choice, but not until some kind of conscious awakening takes place do we actually have the power to go deeper, and I'll get to that in a second. Mm -hmm. That gets to the third amazing power of creation, which is the one belief that is the mother of all beliefs, and that is identity. Uh Who you believe yourself to be. (laughs) I mean, think about that. If our beliefs about everything determine our attention, what is the most powerful belief at all of, of all? What is it that I live by every day and live as every day? It's what I believe myself to be. It's every thought I have that has the word I in it. And that's every thought, by the way.
0: <laughs> yes, it, yes, it is. I was just going to say, that's a lot of thoughts.
1: <laughs> that's all of them. Sometimes it's not directly I, but without I, there's no you. There's no he, she, or it. That's why they call it first person. Everything is in reference to that I. Every thought you have, for the most part, right? If it's not direct, it, it is indirect, is the thought of I. Which is, by the way, the construct of the ego, the collection of thoughts that are, called, that are about the I. So whatever I believe to be a, a true about me... We'll collect around it all sorts of beliefs about the world that are congruent with that idea about me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I don't see the world as it is. I see the world as I am. I can't remember who actually said that originally, but, <sighs> but it's very, very true. Maybe it was Maya yeah. Angelou, um, um, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, but it's true since the beliefs uh, inform attention and all the beliefs conform to that essential belief, identity is what's dictating the entire thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which means um, all I see around me is me.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: <yes>. Whoa. Uh-huh. Aha. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. All I see around me is me. Hi, how am I? Fine, thank me, and me. Well, <laughs> I'm well. I'm well, thank, I'm well. thank and me. me? <laughs> it's true, <laughs> it, 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 and we need to ponder this because this is our this is the shape of our perception. We don't see the world as it is; we only see ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, and I'm going to get now to the to the fourth power of because of because identity. Being a, a construct of the mind as well, being a belief, you didn't create that either. That was culturally imposed. Yeah. It came from your raising, your conditioning. All of this stuff is conditioning. Right. All of it is the nervous system. Right. And were it not for one more thing, you would be nothing but a robot. You would live out your conditioning, die, have a nice day. Right. First life
0: is very hard, and then you die. That um, that yes. would be it. <laughs> Things we've been told without the have a nice day. Without the have a nice day, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> and there's plenty of people who believe that you know behaviorists and um, you know the strict materialists. Sure. You know they. You know that's just that's the model they 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 live by. Mm-hmm. But we have one. We have another power, and I call it the superpower because the identity belief and attention are incapable of se- assessing the truth or falsity of what they of what they believe they they cannot evaluate mm-hmm. they cannot discern they are completely a slave to the conditioning right this is good this is bad why well because it is <laughs> it, it can't you can't question it right and even if there is some questioning, it's, it's really just a shift in the programming. It's uh, unless there's some, this additional thing that gets brought to the party. And that additional thing is discrimination, wow. the capacity to tell. Yeah. And we all have that capacity. We, we, we don't really know how to use it. We don't exercise it. We're not really aware of it. We don't recognize how, how important it is because we believe, we think the beliefs we have are true. and so we've not even woken up enough to question whether or not they are true but we all have the capacity to discriminate you don't have to teach somebody whether they're in love or not you just know yeah Mm -hmm. you know oh oh let's see let me get the checklist out and see and you know the from the very first time you experience in your life you know what it is Mm -hmm. oh yeah you just you know you know that a garbage dump is ugly and a sunset is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now you could be conditioned to prefer the garbage dump to the sunset, right? But anybody who sees it knows that no, that's ugly. That's beautiful, and that's not an opinion. <laughs> that's not a cultural conditioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You no, know, you can listen to Justin Bieber, or you can listen to Beethoven. Yes. Which one's better? You know, people can argue which one they'd rather listen to, Mm -hmm. but but I'm sorry, three hundred years from now they're not going to be listening to Justin Bieber, but they Bieber, I always say Bieber, but they will be (laughs) listening to they will be we will be listening to Beethoven three hundred years from now, just like we have for the last three hundred years. There's a qualitative difference Mm -hmm. that is not a matter of opinion. Sure, yeah, that's discrimination in buddhism they call it the buddha eye mm-hmm. it's what right. can tell the difference in quality between be, between things and that's the superpower that lets you take over and and completely retrain the system out of mere belief out of the sense of identity which is not as a mental construct and completely redirect attention to the point where it can take in way more and process way more than those sixty bits, right? So that's kind of it in a in in a nutshell. Well, not a nutshell. It took me a long time to say it, but <laughs> but I think it's a it, it, it I think it has enough.
0: I like this show because I can go into depths in it. I don't have to make absolutely.
1: It. I don't have to make the Cliff Notes
0: version of it. No, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Is that we're not constrained by time yeah no. there there are no commercial breaks to inundate you with ads but you might want to listen to this show so we'll throw in a plug there yeah yeah, it's fun. I, I, yeah yeah we don't <laughs> I,
1: I don't have to be forced into a 30 second soundbite i'm i'm sorry you you can't you can't realize the, the nature of reality in a 30 second soundbite
0: mm. <laughs> Yes. And and then it's this fourth power, this superpower of discrimination, the discriminating awareness that allows a person to go and retrain the system, correct? Yes. Yeah.
1: That's what empowers you. Without that, you're flying blind. Mm -hmm. You'll be substituting one belief for another, and it might be a better belief. It may be a more functional belief. But it's just another belief, right? I mean, you're just you're just basically changing the ingredients, but the soup's going to end up being the same. Um, what we want is the truth. I want we want reality. We want what am I really? Yeah. Not just another belief that's going to you know fall apart, right? Even as very it's very functional now. You know, there were all sorts of beliefs about you know the right way to make a lot of money twenty years ago. Well, none of them work now. Cool. Um
0: that's true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah. yeah, okay, so you knew at the time, right? But all beliefs like that they will always shift. And what we want, what every heart in every human being is crying out for is a contentment, a happiness and a sense of peace and stability that doesn't change. Right. Mm-hmm. That isn't a cheat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that isn't one there there one one minute and gone the next. And the only place you're gonna find that is in in the only thing that doesn't change, which is truth. Mm-hmm. The real the reality, not my perception of the reality, which is gonna constantly change, but in the actual reality of which I am perceiving just a a fraction of.
0: Mm. And then one uses the discriminating awareness to to the discriminating
1: awareness is
0: the reality.
1: It is reality communicating to you. Aha! Yes. It is your connection to the reality that knows what reality is, and doesn't and isn't the least bit concerned with the uh, with the perception. It knows okay. what the whole picture is. Mm-hmm. That's that's the innate sense that can tell the difference between you know Justin Bieber and Beethoven. Because it, it knows. It knows for real. And that wisdom is inside of you. And that's what, that's what discrimination is actually pointing at. It's, it's the wisdom that knows what the truth is, who you really are. Mm-hmm. And that's where we
0: find. And where else are you going to find peace? Yeah, well... You, you might find something in the world, but it won't last. Sure. <laughs> it won't last. And, yeah. and everybody, you know, everybody
1: has had that experience. Mm-hmm. But unless you've encountered some kind of spiritual teaching that shows you what does last, you you know, there, you have no choice but to just strive in the world to collect what you can, get as much stability as you can. That's why people try to amass fortunes of money because they think that's going to do it or sure. you know, they want to they you know, work on your relationship and all of that stuff is good, right? but y- you can't hold on to it. I-, I mean, studies have been done, even on billionaires. They're not happy. They're not, they don't happy. feel stable. They're, they're worried they're going to lose their money. It's like, well, how much do you need? Well, from the point of view of the mind, um, there's no limit on how much you'll need. I think I told the story. I'm not sure I told it on this story. That um, Kurt Vonnegut and uh, Joseph Heller. Joseph Heller wrote Catcher in the Rye. Kurt Vonnegut, Vonnegut wrote all sorts of science fiction novels. Sure. They were both at a party at this billionaire's house in the Hamptons. Right. Right. And the Hamptons is this place out on Long Island where there are only billionaires, right? <laughs> That's, no. you know, you're not even allowed past the city line unless no. you're a billionaire. And they were having a conversation, and Kurt Vonnegut says to uh, Joseph Heller, he says, you know, this guy makes more in a day than you have in the entire life cycle of Catch-22.
0: <laughs>
1: and, and Heller responds, yeah, but I have something he'll never have. Vonnegut says, what's that? He says,
0: enough Ah, yes. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's very powerful.
1: Where is the point at which I have enough? Mm -hmm. And if if you're only relying on, if you're relying on the the accumulation of stuff to give you that sense, you'll never have enough. Literally, you'll never have enough. Over the last, since the COVID uh, epidemic, we have seen the largest upward transfer of wealth in the history of the world. Trillions of dollars. The average people, you and I, the total value, we've lost 37... Uh, no, is it... Yes, 37.7... 32.7 trillion dollars in value. Wow. The upper 1% has increased... Thirty-nine point two trillion dollars. It all went from us to them. Now, how much do you need? <laughs> That's a good question. I, mm-hmm. I I once said, you know, the the human body has approximately fifty to hundred trillion cells. Okay. Try to give a trillion dollars, right? I try to give something an idea. Okay, a hundred trillion cells, right? How? That's a huge number. I mean, how do you even begin to fathom what that number is? So I say, okay, you can spend a dollar an hour, sixty, or a dollar a second. I'm sorry, dollar a second. At sixty dollars a minute, thirty six hundred dollars every hour. Right, twenty four hours a day, no days off. You're just spending, 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 spending a dollar a second. How long will it take you to spend hundred trillion dollars? I have no idea. 3.2 million years. Oh, well. Longer than humans have been human. hmm So if you started, you know, when the caveman had a thought, <laughs> you wouldn't be done yet. Ah. <laughs> uh. It's inconceivable the amount that that is, and yet I want more. We have to understand this is the nature of the egoic mind. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, this is the human condition that we have to come to terms with. And, and if you cannot discriminate quality right, from quantity, which they can't, then this is the predicament you're going to find yourself in. Right. And it's not insignificant, right? I, I mean, it is this drive for profits that's destroying the climate. Mm-hmm. For sure. It, yeah. uh, and that's the, that's the only thing that is, and all the governments that are kowtowing to it that really serve the, those interests. It, it is the complete absence of the of the discriminating wisdom that would know perfectly well that this is insane. Native Americans uh, regarded greed, um, somebody who wanted more than they needed, which is greed, um, they regarded it as an insanity. They were brought to the shaman because they were ill.
0: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. in our
1: culture, we reward them. Oh. They're the heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, We have these guys on Shark Tank that everybody looks up to. Right. You know, yeah. The book Think and Grow Rich, which was one of the most horrible books ever written. <laughs> I know I've said that to many people, and I go, what? I mean, it's revered sure you know? right it is yeah. it's re- it's revered mm-hmm. it's up there with the bible mm-hmm. right and it was you know, what was it it's a vanity fair dale carnegie hired this guy to go out to all of his buddies and tell everybody how great they were mm. these are the guys that like destroyed people's lives they ruined industries they even organized a military coup against the united states government because they hated what franklin roosevelt was doing uh, that's a fact they tried to convince uh um his name is general smedley butler he's only one of two people in the history of the country who received a congressional medal of honor twice okay they contacted him to fund him to raise an army of five hundred thousand dollars to overthrow the government Mm. and they're in these in the book as the icons the heroes right because they wrote the fucking book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if you write it, then you get to paint I, yourself as the hero. Yeah, I'm the hero. Yeah, of yeah. course. All the
1: all the wonderful things I do and the virtues of of the system and, you know, the only reason you're not living like I am is because, well, basically, I'm better than you. Yeah, because you, just you suck. didn't try yeah. hard enough. Mm-hmm. I yeah. guess it sucks. Have a nice day.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, have a nice day. Yes, well, and if all we're looking at is is ourselves anyway, then we absolutely do get to be the hero, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm uh, always the hero in my own in my own dreams. Mm, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, uh, it's, it's so, uh, really interesting, and I don't know, uh, listeners, if if you're aware of any of this historical information. I was not aware of some of this. Uh, the the coup, um, I was not aware of.
1: Yeah, uh, he wrote about it yeah after he got out of the military he realized his entire military career he was spent stealing resources from other countries for the benefit of corporations
0: ah, well.
1: and this is the 20s and the 30s right mm-hmm. this isn't even i mean this has been going on for a, for a very long time right. i mean he was just disgusted with actually who he was
0: mm-hmm.
1: cuz he didn't know it at the time he thought he was serving democracy and all of that but in fact he was just raping and pillaging like every other conquering country before him I mean, it's it's when you and this is available, right? You're not going to hear it on any of the news channels, any of them, right? You have to dig to find this stuff, but it's there. It's there to be. It's there to be found, um, so that we can really get a picture of what of what this was uh, like. I mean, it was um, it was Rockefeller, who's one of the guys in the book, right? Who um, who got rid of uh, holistic medicine because Mm. the pharmaceuticals were what. Where 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 the money was? That's what the money is. He destroyed hemp. I I mean, Thomas Edison destroyed Tesla, right? Because Tesla wasn't a businessman. He wasn't the marketing guy. He wasn't with political clout. Uh, So he stole his ideas. I mean, it was finally I think in the early two thousands where Tesla was finally given credit for the radio. It it had been the credit had been given to Marconi, this Italian guy, when in fact it had been Tesla. And then, and then Tesla was, who was pissed off. I mean, he doesn't, he's what a character, but you know, he had, he had none of the political savvy or charm that an Edison did. Mm -hmm. And so his response after they had stolen credit for the, for AM radio, right? The first radio is he went and invented FM radio. (laughs) So now you have high, high fidelity again, thanks to Tesla. But does anybody know that? No, because he wasn't the political guy. He wasn't doing it for the money, right? And the rest of it was driven by this, by this, by this greed. But you can see how inflated it can become. It's a value system that values profit over every, everything else. It right. gets in, it gets completely entrenched in the in the education system, in the uh, in the uh, uh, in all of the institutions of government and the economics. There's a there's a there's a wonderful teacher, professor um, uh, Richard Wolf. Uh, Doctor Richard Wolf, He's an economist. A, economist. He said, "I went. I've got all the pedigrees. I went to all the best schools. You know, undergraduate at Harvard. I did my master's degree at, at Stanford. I did my doctorate at, at Yale. Uh, all in economics. He says my entire education. I was not given one." thing to read that was critical of capitalism okay so i had to dig that out later for myself and he used the uh, example that says yeah. if you want to study a family a family dynamic and there's the parents and two children do you just talk to one of the children <laughs> two children one thinks this is the greatest family in the world the other thinks this this is horrible it sucks my life is a mess do you just talk to the one or do you talk to both of them <laughs>
0: Well, I would want to speak to both.
1: Yeah. There has to be a, a dialogue of self-criticism or you don't grow.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, for sure. And, and so, uh, within the context of, the, of, of our, our four powers, without that, dis- it's, there's no discrimination being applied. Right. And so you're stuck in a, an identity, you're stuck in a belief, you're stuck in an a- attention, even when it's dysfunctional and it's not working as as we as we're seeing right we had a horrible response to the to covid epidemic because it wasn't profitable to be prepared for it simple as that it you know it's not profitable yeah. for a company to stockpile something in case something happens
0: mm, right yeah
1: and have to replenish it and keep it fresh and all of that it's sure. not profitable so they don't do it and if if the government doesn't step in and do it Right. Well it doesn't get done and you experience what we experienced. It didn't have to be this bad.
0: Right. Yeah. We knew no, it, it did, was coming. It didn't. It
1: didn't. Yeah. We knew it was coming. These things do happen periodically sure. every oh, yeah. twenty, thirty years. Mm-hmm. You know. So I mean, it wasn't as if we weren't forewarned, right? Right. <laughs> and we yeah. know where they start. <laughs> they almost all start in animal agriculture. Sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I mean it's not hard to monitor these things. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> one another reason I'm a I'm a vegan. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. But, but you know, even if you, you don't have to become a vegan to know, okay, this is one of the right. na- natural consequences of these things. So let's be let's be smart. Let's be careful. That's <laughs> not that's not profitable, and that's an indication of a complete absence of this power of discrimination, this be- ability to discern what is truly valuable, what really <laughs> matters uh yes. and, and 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 what really matters is that it's and it's not an opinion mm-hmm. <laughs> it's percei- it's a perceived truth right and this is the wisdom we all have access to yeah and everybody's feeling it everybody's feeling you know, what, what's wrong something's wrong mm-hmm. right i mean yes. it's frightening to confront what might actually be wrong because we've been living with it Uh, And thinking it's, you know, praising things like think and grow rich, think it's the greatest thing of all time when it's the very thing that's been killing us. It's, you know, there's a story in the Bible of, uh, it's very, uh, very telling, you know, after Moses talks to God, right, standing by the burning bush, right? Which is a great story in itself, of itself. And in fact, that word burning means mental turmoil. It's a metaphor for this discomfort we're all feeling.
0: Right, yes.
1: And yeah. Moses is standing there with his shepherd's staff, and God says, throw down your staff. And he throws down the staff, and it turns into a snake. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little weird, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and, starts, and God says, no, no, come back, pick it up. He says, what you? Pick it up. And he picks it up and turns into a staff again. It's a metaphor. The very things we're relying on are a snake that are biting us. It's a poisonous snake that's biting us. We're leaning on it, and we're afraid to right. let go of it because we think it's supporting us. This is one of the delusions that we all get We all get stuck in. and That's why some of these spiritual uh, stories and mythologies, and it is a totally mythical story. <laughs> there was no such person ever. <laughs> um, or or he, he's one of a thousand different versions of it, right, because that whole story of... of being taken for the water and, the, you know, sure. it, it yeah, yeah. countless number of cultures. A lot of them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it, it, it's a universal story because this is what it's pointing to. It, right. It's a story that rises out of that discriminating wisdom that's trying mm-hmm. to point you in any way it can back towards that which is actually true, which is what right. the voice in the midst of that discontent is the voice yes. of the truth.
0: <laughs> yes. And, and what the bush we... is in you. Yeah, yeah, and what we see are, as we've talked about, are countless, countless examples of the absence or willful neglect of discriminating awareness in the world.
1: And yeah, willful. I like that that you use that w- word. It, it's it is willful because it's it's just completely driven by the by uh, the ignorance. It's the mm-hmm. fear. I don't want to throw down that staff. I mean, to actually have to question that that the, the whole, this whole thing that we've created is the thing that's killing us is a very difficult thing to face. You know, you get to a point in your life and you've built this structure and everything mm-hmm. and all of a sudden yeah. you realize, yeah. oh my God, I hate my life. <laughs> what do I do now? Mm-hmm. And sometimes people are so, are so invested in it, how do you get out of it? How do you get out of life? You've built according to this model. You get to a certain point, you got mortgage and kids and responsibilities, and, and you hate your life. You hate your job. You hate your boss. You're completely out of you're completely out of fish out of water. And and yeah. and what do you do? You either listen to that voice, and you and you find some way to to extricate it fr- from you, or you just suppress it. You pretend it isn't there. And then you drink a lot or you cheat on your wife or, yeah. <laughs> you know, anything to get a little bit of relief, right? mm-hmm. to feel like you're yourself again. And, you know, I, I can, I, sometimes I can express it kind of darkly, but I mean, that's, that's, that's what's behind mm-hmm. lot of those yeah. Yeah. eruptions. It's behind the, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the male crisis, right? The uh, what do they call it? I forgot what it's called. That uh, midlife crisis, mm-hmm. sure. Which, by the way, Native Americans don't have that. <laughs> There's so many cultures that don't have a midlife crisis. Mm. They don't have them in India. They don't have a midlife crisis. I mean, it's the it, it's all accounted for, right? There's a point at which, okay, I've done my householder duty now. Now I'm on to my next phase of life, and all of that is is understood. Right, yeah. and, and, and but here it's like I'm I'm forever chasing this one materialistic ideal, and and then when it when it dis, when it doesn't deliver, when it sucks me dry and then just wants to give me a gold watch and send me home, I'm going, what the hell? <laughs> this is it. Yeah. And yeah, one of the one of the bright sides of our collapsing times is that young kids are getting that already. Yes. They're going, yeah. why do I participate in this? Mm-hmm. What are you really, what are you offering me? Oh yeah, wealth and all this kind of, stuff. what, what are you kidding? You just destroy, they know it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. They know it's a lie. Yes. You know, the American dream, which everybody else bought, hook, climb and sinker, <laughs> right? Yeah. They oh, go, yeah. what yeah. American dream? It's racist. It's cruel. It's sexist. It, it's unfair. It's unequal. It's corrupt. Tell me exactly what it is I'm supposed to sign up for here.
0: Yes, and they're questioning this en masse. in mass. In mm-hmm. mass.
1: And it's oh, it's in, it's incredibly beautiful to to see. Incredibly beautiful to yeah. see. Yeah. I was sitting in San Francisco. Um, having a beer at a Whole Foods. They actually have little, they have bars. Sure, (laughs) yes. In California.
0: Uh In California. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And um, I I was living there uh, a little bit like four or five years ago um, after I came back from Germany. And uh, a bunch of young kids came in, early early 20s, right? And I overheard them, because they had all been out canvassing trying to get people registered to vote. And they were all supporting Bernie, Sanford, Bernie Sanders in okay. 2016.
0: Mm-hmm, sure.
1: And I couldn't help but you know just kind of say you know say hello, and because mm-hmm. um, I was just so impressed with their their passion, their enthusiasm, wisdom beyond their years. They were seeing things that um, through they were seeing through the, the 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 corruption of the system. I mean. <laughs> They were like worshiping my feet. They found out I was I was at the nineteen sixty eight Democratic Convention, right? I was, okay. you know, right. you know yeah. Back, yeah. Back, back in the day, all all of that, and and it, it was just so refreshing to sit and talk with all of them, and and they said, "Are you registered to vote?" I said, "Well, I'm I'm only here for a short period of time," um, and they said, "Doesn't matter." It'll get you down to the courthouse. I mean, they were like, Come on, we'll take you down. We get you registered right now. You can vote before you leave.
0: <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah.
1: I said, it, it was so heartening to see. But at the same time, I also saw the incredible disappointment when the, the Democratic part, Party literally lied and screwed and cheated so that, um, you know the the corporate warmonger got the nomination sure mm-hmm. right? and, yeah. and, and 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 then was like upset that everybody didn't want to vote for her one of the most unpleasant people in the world one of the most unliked people in the, in world, the world yeah right? mm-hmm. which they which they put up there instead of the most popular po- uh, politician in the country
0: yeah a guaranteed uh-huh. win Oh, it would have been. It would have been.
1: It would have been a guaranteed win. Oh, yeah. But they were told very clearly by their big donors, the multinationals and like, Bernie Sanders gets a nomination, you get no money. That was the end of that. Twice. Yes.
0: And all of these statements, by the way, for the listeners, this is discriminating awareness. We just know it's the difference between Justin Bieber and Beethoven here. <laughs> yes. Just say it. <laughs> just saying. You just you no, know, and no, and and people just
1: didn't. They didn't buy her. They didn't buy the whole thing. They didn't buy the, the that line, right? They weren't. You know, they could tell, right? I was out of the frying pan into the fire with with sure. with, with with Trump. But I struggled over that. I didn't mm. want to vote for it. It was the first time ever. I didn't vote. I was oh, that right vote. Uh, first yeah. time ever, and I've been voting. You know, since I was eighteen. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Which would have been well, which would have been what? 19, I voted in nineteen uh, the election for the nineteen seventy presidency. First okay. time it, Right. First time I I've, I've ever missed an election. I said, I, what, "Who do I vote for? Mm-hmm. This guy's a crook." Right. I lived in New York when he and Giuliani were were f- trying to get anybody without money out of the city to turn it into a playground for the rich. I saw what they did. And everybody mm. knew it was corrupt. Anybody who lived in New York at that time knew who Trump was. They knew the money was coming from the Russian mafia. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, sure. was, it was not news, mm. right? And, and Giuliani is, has, has, has been one of the... I even knew somebody who worked for him, who did uh, event management for Gracie, Gracie Mansion. He's okay. just a horrible human being. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right, it, and I went. Well, what? Who do I? Who do I vote for? Mm-hmm. The first time, I just said I can't vote.
0: Wild. Okay,
1: I I can't mm-hmm. do it. Said, yeah, well, you're gonna you're gonna give him to Trump. Like, yes, he's a repulsive character, and she's a warmonger. Please give me a choice.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. But you're not alone. So many millions of people felt exactly the same way.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and then put us through four years of hell so maybe i was wrong maybe you know but but both of them ultimately represent the same value system right they yeah. do yeah yeah he's he's a total Cretan, right vomited up you know out of the worst you know dredges of of uh, of of our culture um but he stands on the same value system that she does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of similarities. Yeah. And it, it's, it is that underlying value system. And I can speak so bluntly about it because I've got nothing against any, any of them personally. Because I know mm-hmm. what it is, is they have bought a particular way of thinking. They've bought into a particular value system. Right. And they're not willing to question it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm and real wisdom is questioning oh my god everything everything Uh, (laughs) yes (laughs) oh yeah yeah literally
1: aristotle who is regarded as the wisest man said i know nothing that's why i'm the wisest man i don't don't leave anything don't assume anything the moment you assume it and believe it, remember, it shapes your perception, it shapes where your attention goes, and then it seems to be self-fulfilling. Yes. It it then seems, well, it's true, look, I'm seeing it, not realizing that you are creating what you're seeing, mm-hmm. right? Your beliefs are creating it, not the other way
0: around. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just that this is so interesting for someone that's approaching this material in this way for the first time to have countless examples of current and real world geopolitical examples of a lack of discriminating awareness. So this is what happens when you don't choose to exercise this. So when you do, what happens then?
1: Well, at first... It's extremely uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> yeah, evil laughter. Uh, yeah, if you don't know, you I will do, know. Mm. I do have
1: to warn you. Yes, this is uh, this yeah. is not the path of, of rainbows and unicorns. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Not, this is mm. not a cappuccino awakening, as we as we've mentioned before. For, that's, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> no soy. Oh, it no. is. Uh, right. it, it it is. You come face to face with the things that have made your life miserable. But you've become so dependent on them, you recognize you don't want to let go of your own misery. Mm-hmm. In India, they have, the, they have uh, monkey traps. The way they trap a monkey is okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's a jar. It's kind of like a big heavy jar, Right. Um, with a small opening in it, and the monkey can comp- and they put and they drop into the jar a banana okay. and the monkey goes over, smells the banana, reaches in for the banana, picks it up but the the mouth of the jar is wide enough they can get their hand in, but when they ho- are holding the uh, uh the banana in their hand with a fist, they can't get it out yeah. The only way they can get their hand out is they have to let oh go God. of the banana, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which they won't do. Yeah, yes. And they easily go over and scoop them all up and uh, and uh, you know do whatever it is they do to do to monkeys. Most of the time they just move them somewhere else because they become so annoying in the uh, city. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not like they're, uh, it's not, it's not like they eat them or something like that. It's not that bad, and it's a humane way to capture them. Obviously, it well, sure is. Mm-hmm. but it, this is us, we're monkeys with our hand on the banana, thinking that we've the, the world's got to change when in fact it, it's you yeah. it, it's your assumptions, it's your beliefs, it's your attention it's it's all of that right unquestioned and and you got to let go of the banana mm-hmm. otherwise otherwise your hand's going to be stuck you're going to be dragging that jar
0: around right or someone's going to come scoop you up.
1: and somebody's going to come scoop you up.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, and you know, if someone were to want to go deep with this material, with the four amazing powers that you've got a, a a course, an event coming up, tell us a little bit about this and how people can access this material.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, as I was saying in the beginning, I've, I've been looking for always looking for ways to, to drive this message home and to, to, with enough, with enough depth so that, you know, the people who are willing to uh, investigate with some intellectual integrity and curiosity mm-hmm. have, have enough to, you know, have some real meat on the bone to, uh, to, to chew on. And so, looking at this nature of perception and how it can so easily be distorted into illusions and delusions, I wanted to break it down. And yeah, and the way I found to break it down is by looking at the various components of it. Which, by the way, the the, the first three—attention, belief, and identity—I um, learned from my teacher Muji right. I pointed that out. Mm. And so, my God, there it is. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> it's yeah. so it's so uh, it's so utterly clear. And then I added the fourth one of discrimination. Okay. Which is he an in inquiry? He didn't put that 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 name on it, but that's that's what he does: is constantly bringing your attention back to these assumptions, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yes. And, to discriminate what's actually true, and so I, I wanted to just kind of formalize it into a into a, a methodical thing that somebody could go through. Okay, and so I created first a, an introductory thing, which is which is uh, uh, about about ninety minutes kind of goes through it and i'm just talking about it right right uh and uh and it starts with a video called how god creates which is the the actual nature of creation how does creation actually happen how Mm -hmm. does some something come into my experience and it is a wondrous mysterious and mystical thing right To, to embrace to realize that you're not actually the creator but you're participating and how creation appears will be depend completely on your perception Mm -hmm. of it Mm -hmm. so in a sense you are and at the same time you're not so trying to really kind of nail down that subtlety and 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 with enough depth that it it kind of shifts people's perception brings them out of the habitual way we think about things I then put together a uh, about it's about two and a half hours long. It follows the same sequence with a bunch of other exercises and stuff to go along with it, which is a real full presentation with graphics and the, sure. the whole the whole deal. Um, and that um, and so it's about it's it's around almost four hours worth of just pre recorded material. Um, and then on uh, April twenty second. I'll be doing a, a live workshop and I'm really hoping people will sign up early yes. um, so they can go through that material so I can make the workshop a masterclass. Mm-hmm. If, if, if everybody's brand new to it, well then I have to kind of teach more of the basics, but the sure. more you have under your belt before you even show up, the more in depth we can go into because, and it takes, Oh, excuse me. <laughs> 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 it takes that kind of, a uh, constant um, reminding, constant reprogramming, because we have been so conditioned into this way of thinking that it just doesn't disappear over overnight. Yeah, it just doesn't go away. It takes a concerted effort, which is mm-hmm. why I say when you first look at the magnitude of it, you're going to go, "Oh my God, can I go back to sleep now? Can I take that blue pill? I changed my mind, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Of course, it's too late. You know, if the serum's been injected. Yeah. uh, 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 So now, you you know, just kind of, you just have to go for it. So I wanted to do it in such a way that it could be just uh, go back to it and back to it and back to it and back to it so that it sinks in deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper until finally it really does completely unseat all of those presuppositions and, and assumptions that have been just destroying your life Mm. and destroying your happiness and to show you where happiness really lies Mm. and what's what's the right relationship between you and reality you and creation not as the not as not as the creator uh, as i'm making something happen because the creation doesn't even happen as an act of will there's no super being sitting up there going i think i'll make a tree
0: I don't like that tree. I'm going to burn it down. I'm
1: going to burn it down. Oh, I did a really bad job on that. Okay, we're going to destroy the earth, except for this 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 drunk old guy, and then I'm going to have him have sex with his daughter so he can have some more children. Oh yeah, all right. Well, you know. So we're going to flood it out, but he's going to be a, he's going to be okay. We are. I'll wipe everybody out. Really didn't like I, what I did that first job. Bring in the bulldozers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that kind of a deal. Well. It's this, it, it's a totally mysterious, it, it's, the word God for the West is the, is the wrong way, we talked about that in a previous, it did, yes. a pre- previous show, it's the, it, it's the infinite intelligence that exists in all places, and is imminent in all things, so uh, God has a thought, that is creation. It's mm-hmm. not. I think I'll make something, and then he makes it, <laughs> or she. Yeah. Which is probably more accurate. Uh, it, it, the very thought itself is creation, mm-hmm. and but when a thought appears or a creative moment appears, your attention to it, your perception of it, your beliefs about it, will determine whether it's going to show up in its presence or its absence. Right. It's yes. there. Right, but am I going to get am I am I going to get a hole that's shaped like I'm a triangle, or am I going to get a triangle? <laughs> mm-hmm. Both triangles, but one's an absence and one's a presence, yeah. and this is completely the way in which we experience it, and that's totally, totally our perception, which is driven by these four powers. Mm-hmm. And yes. that final power brings you into the re, into relationship with the Tao. This is what the Tao is, yeah. the way things right. actually are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you find you don't have to make things happen. They're already happening.
0: <laughs> yeah. And they just happen by themselves.
1: And they just happen. And when all the stories are gone and all these beliefs are gone, you find it's utterly benevolent. It's utterly harmonious. It's incredibly beautiful. And mysterious, and so overwhelmingly wonderful that you can barely stand it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you wonder and, why in the world did I make this other nightmare?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> been, and we've only scratched the surface on this show with some of the nightmare. But if you're listening along, you get the point. You get Although, the point. You get the yeah. point. Yeah.
1: It's a universal nightmare. That's, they refer to it as samsara in, yeah. in the in the Sanskrit. It's this sure. universal illusion, mm-hmm. right? That it has is. been created in the mind that we've all been infected by, which is why we all seem to be having the same illusion. Right?
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which means we have the same. Celebrity politicians worldwide. Yeah, we all know what's going on. (laughs) They all look. They all look the same. (laughs) It's creepy. Little suits and
1: stuff going. It's like, oh my
0: god. Yeah. uh, Well, happily for, for the listener, GP and I are not in a suit today. So yeah, I know you don't have a visual on us, but we're not in three piece suits. Um, no, yeah, there's no Armani on us today. Not, not today. No,
1: and I'm not trying uh, to sell you an insurance policy. Oh,
0: good, good. Yeah, good.
1: Or, or tell you invest in Bitcoin. Yeah,
0: uh, I gotcha. And and so for the listener, this uh, this is a, a really wonderful collection of teachings by GP and GP I've been through the 90 minutes of the introduction and and seen the videos. And I, I love the explanations. This is really something that someone can get into and begin to practice and integrate into their experience. And that's the point. So if you're out there and you're interested, you can find more details at GP's website, gpwalsh.com. And again, the live class, the live workshop, which We'd love to have turned into a master class is on April the 22nd. So gpwalsh.com for more information. The more of the, the pre-recorded information that you can get through prior to the live event, the better uh, the better your understanding, the better your takeaway is going to be.
1: And all of that and all that material is there forever. I mean, it's not like you got to rush, rush through it. it. You know, it's I'm not taking it down. I'm just oh, going to okay. add a recording Go. of the live workshop to it. And it's there for perpetuity. So because it isn't the kind of thing you're just going of going to grasp in one sitting. It's you've got to keep going back to it because sure. you're undoing, uh, you know, decades of conditioning, if not lifetimes of yeah. conditioning, mm-hmm. right? And, and and that's not... The good news is that you've got the truth on your side. You actually are the self. You are that inherent wisdom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so you do have the upper hand. <laughs> this is uh, good, yes. <laughs> so, this is a really good thing. So, you know, it could have taken a thousand lifetimes to get to this point. It doesn't take a thousand, li- thousand lifetimes to undo it. It can be done in one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the beauty of all of this is it can be done in one. Yeah, yeah. and if this is something that appeals to you, check this out. It's called The Four Amazing Powers of Creation on gpwalsh.com. So GP, this has been wonderful. We've talked about so many things and I (laughs) thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks too This has been executive contributor and master spiritual teacher G.P. Walsh on Decide to Transform. And again, for more information about the four amazing powers of creation, visit gpwalsh.com. And we will see all of you here again next time. Thanks for joining us.